When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast with a discussion of Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, it's a rare morning recording for us. <laughs> yeah, It's a double rare. podcast week for us. Uh, the only bad thing about this week is I don't get to play any MCP this week. Ugh, That's the only yeah. thing. Very soon. Next week, yeah. Getting to hang out and talk uh, MCP, talk some Marvel do this extra episode dude talk about this uh after dark stuff do this yeah do some after dark it's fun it's good stuff and it's post saint patrick's day so i'm i'm just happy to be alive this bartender survived another one so mark it off we're all good baby check mark yeah very good good till new year's awesome good stuff yeah so we haven't done one of these in a while chris and we know these are some of you guys favorite episodes and we haven't done one of these in a while because the last tournament we went to together post warfare weekend you know we just had so much going on in the way of news and episodes so we were like well we can do this one this is gonna be exciting and we're doing a tournament report today that you know once again chris and i both went to and we we're like well this would be the time and it was a local tournament and we're going to talk about all that today and it's gonna probably provide some insight too on not necessarily like the craziest of stuff because it was a small tournament but i mean it is a kind of a snapshot of the meta and i always like these episodes because if you're listening in present time if you're listening in if you're listening to this episode sometime in the future these are pretty cool snapshots in time of what's going on in the game and stuff like that and i always find that really interesting from a uh isn't it always fun to listen to an episode from two years ago and oh man everybody's just you know this this character that is no longer a problem or this strategy that's no longer viable (laughs) you know it's it's fun to kind of relive the thought processes that you're going through back in 
back in those days. Absolutely. I mean, it's I like that with a bunch of the MOBAs, you know, you mm. and I played. Uh, it's right, fun right. to think about that stuff from time to time. So, yeah. Uh, no, we don't have any Fury's Finest podcasts on MOBAs <laughs> for me to go back and listen to. So, I guess I'll just have to listen to our old tournament reports. It's true. There are some MOBA nuggets, though, in the After Dark feed. So, yes. if you you want to hear that some of Chris and I's history with that is definitely in there but yeah we're going to try to make this as evergreen as we always do on our primary episodes but of course this is a snapshot in time and hopefully this will help you in any point of time you're listening to this whether it's right now or in the future because you know at worst models come out models get nerfed or buffed and things change but it's like you still play the game the same way Chris and once again we're still in this infancy of these new crises and I know you haven't got to go to a ton of turns with these new crises and like no this is like helpful information to pick your brain because I want to hear about how some of this went today with your list and stuff like that just play senators against me that's all you got to do <laughs> yeah and we'll get to that hopefully at some point uh very soon but before we get into our tournament report from our local Tulsa tournament today we had a little business to attend to Fury's Finest is supported by Mr-Laser.Square.Site and DiscountGamesInc.com. Please check them out after your local gaming store for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our Discord community, consider supporting us on Patreon. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. Once again, we have tiers. The tiers get you different benefits in the Discord and stuff. And we've mentioned those Asgardian patrons and up. Get that After Dark extra podcast feed. More episodes. This week, we have a very special shout out. Our patron of the week this week is Damon. Thanks, Damon. Thank you so much, Damon. We really appreciate you joining the Fury's Finest group. But of course, Chris, we cannot do the show without our Avenger producers. They make every episode happen. They keep the lights on. Thank you to Rusty, Dylan, Rich, Jason, Puyon, and Charles. Thank you, friends. Thank you so much, dudes. All right, Chris, let's move on to our tournament report. So, Chris, this was a tournament here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at our local store. And what's cool about this is our local store, it's kind of ebbed and flowed with tournaments coming and yes. going. They've been quarterly. They've been bi-monthly. They've been h- half annual <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> that has changed. It seems like they're going to, they are for sure going to monthly or bi-monthly now for every single MCP thing. So we're going to have more of these in the future. We're also going to learn more about like the game as it's changing at our local level, but also just at a greater level outside of just the TTS leagues, which you know we're doing the Fury's Finest League and others. But it's like, this is very cool because it's good for us. And you've even changed some things in your schedule recently, right? Where you can... I have made a commitment to go ahead and be at all of these I physically can. I have... Yep. I usually work a lot every weekend. So uh, once a month, I have Saturdays off to attend to attend this game or these tournaments. And one of these days, I'm going to win one. Perfect. Perfect. And, you know, this one, it was kind of late addition. They added the schedule. So we didn't have our full attendance locally, but we did have a good, decent sized group. We had a group of it was at eight and then someone had to drop. So then it was at seven and seven is pretty good for a tournament, Chris. I mean, ideally, you're always at like eight or higher. And that's just like right. a solid solid like tournament the sos and vps and mov are all in a good spot mathematically and stuff but seven's pretty cool and you know we're about to talk about our rosters but i'll tell you some of the other rosters that were represented at the tournament outside of chris and i's there was a malekith cabal player there was mm-hmm. a spider foes player there was a pure brotherhood player with no other flex affiliations there was a kingpin and Shadowland criminal player 
And then there was a Spider Foes Avengers player. Very interesting. So a lot of bad guys, Chris. <laughs> and also, you know, we're about to talk about you and I's list, but it's like, I think this is a pretty interesting snapshot of our local meta, but also just kind of the meta at large where it's like foes are massively on the rise. Mal Cabal is just doing amazing things in the game. Brotherhood's doing amazing things in the game. Criminals are in the best place they've been potentially ever because they got more pieces. They've always, I mean, we know, we know criminals are always just like, they've never, they've never had a bad day in the sun, right? It's true. <laughs> they've always been a solid team. Yeah. And then they got Ulik recently and mm-hmm. that just kind of changes stuff. So it's like, I figured out the solution to Ulik. We'll get to it. Of course. <laughs> I've got some solutions too. And I'll, I'll provide that insight. In the yours, are, yours are probably a little more steady and not dice dependent okay okay mine is taking nebula and just acing him in one shot madness that easy man that's so frustrating it's so easy dog come on i don't understand how he's a problem for you guys oh my gosh so just roll eight hits (laughs) with your nebula Yeah, we'll get to that. And then of course, of course, Avengers. So it's like, this is, these are all strong teams in the game right now. And it's cool to see these things like ebb and flow. Cause it's like a couple years back, I was on spider foes. Spider foes took a huge dip and then I got more models and man, they're just top tier right now. I mean, there's someone, there's some players in the TTS league that are undefeated with spider foes, you know? So, and that's how I know spider foes were not for me. I was, I was playing them while they were on this rise and they never, I was doing fine, Yeah, but they never clicked to this level for me so they're a tough team totally okay with me not every team is going you're not going to be awesome at every team folks they were super fun to play but yeah some of these some of these guys what they're doing with spider foes is awesome mm-hmm. watching a local player moves jones yeah uh, moves comes do, up a lot do everything with the mysterio tricks and traps is insane yeah, yeah. he's actually insane at it uh and all the manipulations and things he will do to get these tricks and traps off is so wild and frustrating to play against but awesome to watch absolutely so chris i think it's now to unveil our list because that was the five other players at this tournament let's start with our list and let's start with your list first because chris you are actually a good guy team here and kind of representing the light in this group of all these villains yeah so what did you play, and I think you've maybe been hinting this on the podcast for some time now. Oh, sure. Well, uh, and it's not like A-Force. It, it's <laughs> not. Not yet. I'm still, we're, we're waiting on some models to come in for A-Force okay. to, to take off. Yeah, yeah. But so I've been on Guardians for a while, as uh, regular listeners of the show will know. Uh, so in, in this tournament, I did bring a Guardians list. I brought uh, Star-Lord, Rocket, Nebula, Groot. Beta Rayville, Agent Venom. My splashes were Pyro, Hulk, Ape, Sabretooth Apex Predator, and Luke Cage. I brought the Luke Cage. I didn't even bring Heroes for Hire. It was a, I need yeah. a 10th model. I'm not planning to play him. Mm. Have to grab somebody that's useful in a pinch, you know, but okay. didn't put a ton of thought of it into it. But that was, that was my list of 10. Now for my cards. I brought Sacrifice, Brace for Impact. Those are my restricteds. Recalibration Matrix, Foreign Assignment, Lovable Misfits, Crew of the Milano, Scuttlebutt on me, Deadly Duo, We Are Groot, and of course, Pyrotechnics. Mm, you love to see all those name cards that are strong, for sure. <laughs> That's Isn't that one of the fun parts about Guardians? You get a bunch of yes. cool cards. Absolutely. And also the fun part of the game we're at right now, you know, like we would not be saying this at tournament ports a year ago, right? Like that many name cards. Yeah, you're right. Cause it was the rise of generic cards. Mm -hmm. 
named the cards changes. just were not strong enough at the time, aside from just a few. So yeah, great call, Jesse. Uh, that is a very big positive way the game has changed. Yeah. My secures. Uh, Infinity Formula goes missing. Demons downtown. Gamma waves. Okay. My extracts are fear grips the world. Hammers. Uh, Legacy virus and struggle for the cubes. Interesting. You had cubes. Okay. I did have cubes. Any questions? Anything? Uh, anything? Cubes is my question. Yeah, that's interesting with Guardians. But you do have Hulk in your list, and you do have okay. Bill. So I had the cubes because I wanted Hulk, Bill, and Agent Venom to get powered up. They've mm. all got so much they can do with power. Yeah, of course. Not not to mention, uh, it's never bad to have power on Groot. Because mm-hmm. if he can afford to do his spender attack, oh gosh, everything is gravy, baby. Throw any size. Auto yeah, he, it's, it's so good. It's Don't so sleep amazing. on Groot, man. He's he's better than you think. No, he's him getting his strike taken up to range three was a game. It's huge. Changer. It's huge. He can build. He can sit on any secure near rocket and yep. just build power because he's going to be within range of someone. It's fun. Anyway, anyway, we, gotta, we <laughs> have to stay to a structure. I have played so many Groot games with his yes, you range two attack and that. Wow. That is just absolutely amazing for him, um, especially on his builder. So. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this on the podcast recently. I have been trying teams I have never played, specifically villain teams, because most, you know, I've played most of the good guy teams in the game. And I've been trying to play villain teams that I've just never played, learn them, patch those holes in my armor, you know, and um, learn some information going forward. Also have some fun playing things like Red Skull, which you guys know I love Red Skull master red skull so much um despite not liking corset red skull at all so (laughs) it's a cool um something i'm really enjoying but with that said i have a triple affiliated list that i've been playing at local stuff and you're so you're so wild with this stuff uh so my list is red skull hydra malekith cabal and mystique brotherhood and based off of whatever objective we play I can flex to whatever leader. So I'll talk, I'll run through my models and it'll make a little bit more sense how this actually works. So my list is Mystique, Master Red Skull of Hydra, Hulk, Winter Soldier, Crimson Dynamo, Malekith the Accursed, Juggernaut, Toad, Baron Zemo, and Bob. So notice like everyone I have is like affiliated with one or two teams. Really the only weird thing in there is Dynamo. He's not weird. He's good in these He's teams. not weird because he's awesome. He he helps me on those E maps when I want to fight a gun line. Like if I were to fight Guardians, like in Chris's case, or like a shield player or something. He is specifically for that. He is specifically to disruption field, put that bubble around my team, help me fight on the E map. It's really the only reason he's here. So my list is actually really light on fours. It's that he's the only four, which is kind of interesting. But I've got two twos. That kind of makes up for that. I've got some threes. I've got a seven. I've got a six. I've got a five. I've just got every number to play with in this. So mm. it's been kind of a fun experiment. It's a little bit of a bigger, taller list. And I've been playing this for some time. I've been playing this off and on since LVO because I was like, well, what do I need to learn? What have I never played? I've never really played Mystique. I've never really, I've never really played Malekith. The only one of these I've played is Red Skull. And I still have never really played his leadership, Chris. I just played right. Red Skull and other you've, teams. You've been splashing him. Yeah, so um, let's talk about my ta- my tactics cards. So my restricted cards are Brace and Patch Up, pretty basic stuff. This One of these could also be Follow Me easily. Yeah. Or even one of these could also be Advanced R&D if I wanted to be more aggressive. But we'll get into how I've been playing this list. I've not really been playing it like you would maybe think. I'm not really playing aggro. I am still playing a Jesse play style. I'm winning on points. And then I also have the pressure of aggro on top of that. 
Well, the rest of my cards are Dark Rain, of course, for the Cabal leadership, Deception for when I play the Mystique teams, Fallback. I've got two Mal cards, Midnight Phantasmagoria, the Black Bifrost for the mobility. I also have Recalibration Matrix, Eyes on the Prize, and Do You Know Who I Am? That, of course, is Juggernaut's named card. So that's the end of my tactics cards, and that also puts me at a couple named cards as well. Of course, I have Mystique's named card, Juggernaut's named card, Malekith's two named cards, because I think mm. a lot of people are sleeping on the ba- the Black Bifrost, weirdly. And yeah, it's uh, I've tried other things in this. I've tried dropping some of the generic cards for a couple more Hydra cards and stuff, like that Sleeper Agent Hulk and stuff. You can get that in here. I haven't really done that yet, but you can. Think yeah, I've learned that's... that things like Recal and Eyes on the Prize are just... But the way I'm playing, which is a little Mm -hmm. bit more defensive for these big boys, Eyes on the Prize helps you get stuff safer, like grab a a hammer or something safer. And then Recal keeps your Mal's, your Hulk's, your Red Skull's alive. So I drop the Hydra card in lieu of that. And that's fine because when I play Hydra Leadership, I've got plenty of named character cards to choose from to make my five. And that makes sense that Sleeper Agent would be something that you hold for a more mono affiliated or even just a dual affiliated roster where you're going to be planning on playing Hydra more often than not. Maybe it's the main. Yeah. The main squeeze that that's. That's a place that card would, when you initially said it, I was kind of taken aback that you weren't using it, you know, because yeah. when you use Hydra, the, 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 immediately, the immediate thinking is sleeper agent. You got to have a like just kick butt sleeper agent, right? It's my um, 11th card. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I could also see it eking its way in yeah. over time, but it makes sense that it's not there. Also being full transparency for you and the listeners, like Hulk is in this list. Like when you see a Hulk in a list, you typically are like, okay, they're playing that Hulk. More than fifty percent of the time, probably. Oh right? yeah, if if that's Hulk not the is, case for me, if in this Hulk list. is on my tray, you better believe I'm trying to put him on the field every game. So that's not the case for me. Hulk mainly comes out during the deceit, during the mystique leaderships when I need to go full control, full objective based, and so the Hydra stuff, you know. It's strong. It's actually my primary goal to play if I get the shapes I want to get the Hydra leadership. But if it doesn't work out, that's okay. And I really don't need Hulk and Hydra most of the time. But that is the 11th card. And come, it can go in and out as I please. Once again, I'm running triple affiliated. So the card strain is real. <laughs> Let's talk about my secures yeah. and extracts. So my secures are, this is this is the fun one, Chris. This is where people might be like, oh, you're you're definitely not running the aggro because I'm not I'm not running at Main Street. I'm not running E's. I'm not running C's. Oh my. I'm running all D's. So I'm running Riot Six Spark of Extremists, Portals Overrun City with Spider People, and Cosmic Invasion, Black Order Descends Upon the Earth. So the super wide D shape. D's are the best shape in the game, <laughs> in my opinion, because you guys know I love the B shape, things like traps and stuff, but that's for a different reason. That's the pay to flip. But like this D shape, it rewards good play more than any other shape. There's no like interesting. Like when you play gamma sometimes, you can play a perfect game a perfect game and your opponent just dices you out randomly right because everyone's in the middle right there's just targets there's you know on a d shape it's like the better player will mainly win because it's like if you can just rotate better than your opponent if you can win turn zero better than your opponent do all these things because rotating is so hard on a d shape because it is so far you know if you don't have long movers if you don't have large base models with longer moves you're gonna have a tough time so I've learned that I just really like the D shapes. Of course, you know, comes no surprise. I like to play 
spider portals with my X-Men. Um, I've played some of these other ones, web warriors and stuff. So my thought process for this list was, well, why don't I just make my secures and extracts things people don't like to play on? And I let them choose. Mm-hmm. And then I just build the team that I think I can play on that. And that continues in my extracts. So, cause I've got struggle for the cube, of course, five wide extract. I've got mutant extremist target senators, of course, a six wide extract. And then I've got hammers, which is only four wide. This could also be scrolls. This could also be Montesti if I really want to slow the game down. But once again, I've told you, I'm not slowing the game down. I'm I'm putting the gas on the scoring and then I have the threat of damage on top of that. I really like that. I will say slight tangent. I am so excited for a few more crisis cards. So we're not seeing hammers in every bag. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I know it's coming. I know we'll it's still just, see I, it a lot. I know it's just a matter of time. And yes, you're going to like one or it's two more crisis. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's classic MCP. It's yep. is a wonderful way to teach people the game because it, like I said, it's just classic MCP, uh, and I love that about it. But when you're building, it's kind of like, am I hammers team or not? When you're building, it's kind of like, okay, what are my two extracts and hammers? And then that's funny. I mean, honest, but I'm being honest, right? Like, uh, could be, yeah. I mean, especially your your teams. Well, yeah, I, I like to roll dice for sure, but that's part of the thing is hammers helps generally helps teams like mine, but it like the teams I like to play, but it doesn't help them the most. Mm. So there's always someone out there that's got a better better hammers team than me, and hammers is in my list, and it's in their list, and it's in everybody's list, and I don't know. I'm not sure this has gone longer than I thought it would. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is my this is my villain monologue for the day, I guess. It's pretty but good. yeah, Hammers, it's great, mm-hmm. but also Hammers. We've seen it a ton. It's super fun. Everyone loves playing it. Everyone thinks they're the best at it. And also the D shape. I think most people are playing this because... Oh, the shape is great. There's just a guaranteed safe one that yep. no one can steal or deception and things like that. So it's like, if you grab your side one, you feel safe. You're like, oh, I'm at parity with my opponent, right? Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. All of these things make complete sense. I'm just ready for some more options. That's all. And the reason why it's in my list and the reason why cubes are in my list as well, um, they have a commonality between them. That is, I can scoop up more than one with a big, big sized character, like a juggernaut, like a Mal, like a Red Skull, right? So I like that. Because obviously I'm probably going to either be this wide, super wide mystique, or I'm going to be a little taller than my opponent. So I can't really, things like scrolls or even, you know, PPP and stuff like that. Those are things that like, when you can only hold one, it might be more of a detriment to me. And once again, this list, I'm actually playing objective. I'm not playing kill you like super fast, you know? So that's kind of how it went, but that's both of our lists. Let's move on to the rounds. Of course, this was just a three round local tournament. So we'll keep this pretty simple and uh, we're going to have some in-depth game deep dives here and we're gonna start with round one so of course round one there's seven of us i got the buy this is my first buy i've ever gotten in a tournament chris ever for mcp are you serious yeah i think i've gotten more buys than you i've always had to play all my games out you've probably (laughs) gone to like three or four times the tournaments i have at this point yeah and i think a lot of that's testament to most tournaments good organizers try to find a way to not have a buy early on and if people drop, there's buys later on, right? But I'm typically, sure. I'm not getting those because I'm not losing it as much. So it's like... Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is once you get past a certain... Like once you're like two games in, it's very unlikely you're going to give a buy as long as you're like one on one, right? Sure. Yeah. Like as, it's as, just not going to happen. As long as you're in the top half of the tournament. Yeah. 
you'll never get one. But I think I've just gotten lucky not getting them at these tournaments with like seven stuff. I mean, I say not lucky. I buy an MCP is a great tool because it's a 14 point win now. But it's not fun. But it's not fun. Yeah, because you want to. But, you know, this ended up working out well for me because. Well, you got to TO a little bit. You got to hang out. You got to watch. Yeah, I became the unofficial TO because there was a lot of a lot of events going on at our local store this day. We were packed house. Oh, we were yeah. fully maxed I out. Think, I think we only had two tables allotted to us. I think there yeah. were three, two, two or three yeah. collector card games doing tournaments. Crazy stuff, yeah. And one was massive. I forgot what, what it was, was one it, piece. Uh, it was the one piece CCG, Brand yeah. Just getting massive, yeah. So yeah, it was helpful. And also for me to TO and also, you know, we're playing on all my terrain. So that was helpful as well to help like set up and help with terrain sizes and stuff like that so round one i gotta buy unfortunate because i did want to play three rounds of this i was really looking forward to it because it is hard for me to get time off for these as well so it is what it is chris but let's talk about your round one game excellent against my good friend josh playing criminals yeah and and you know josh is now a good friendly acquaintance of mine i like josh a lot very good we josh and i play close games it's what we do and it was no different today, this day. It was no different this day. I, of course, had my Guardians. Uh, Josh won priority. We uh, He, of course, is playing a Shadowlands Daredevil list. Shadowlands and Kingpin. He can and just go Kingpin, between the two. Kingpin, you're right. I think uh, he, he, went Kingpin Kingpin. This game. he went Kingpin against me. So, yeah, he won priority, which means he got his secures, which he is did. the Kingpin dream. He did. So we played Paranoia. And we played Infinity Formula. It was a really close game. Oh, so you did take Paranoia. Maybe, maybe well, Paranoia. Well, my, my secures looked a lot like his, so he took his extracts. I see. I yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. It was pretty, pretty good move on his part. Yep, definitely. So we ended up playing on thir- uh, 17 threat here. I would bring my core. Now, the last time I played Josh, this is uh, this is when my agent Venom got lost me the game because Killmonger Doom prophesied him. And I lost the game by one point, right? So I did not bring Agent Venom in this match, given what happened last time. So my team was Nebula, Rocket, Star-Lord, Groot, Beta Ray Bill, and finished it off with Hulk. Guardians are nuts, man. Dude, Guardians, <laughs> like, uh, I've really been, <laughs> really been enjoying them. Yeah, they're, they're the creme of the crop right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very good right now. I My heart's not in it, but I'm enjoying playing them. Mm. So... Now, listener, you'll have to forgive me because I do not remember the round to round on this game extremely well. I do know that <laughs> Ulick and Bill were getting after it. Yeah, so we're setting the stage here. It's, it's Infinity Formula, so it's that yes. the, side, the side B points, right? So obviously there's fights going up and down, and you guys are playing Paranoia, which is just all in the midline for so fun. four extracts. Yeah, that is really fun. Uh, good call on Josh's part, pulling that out mm-hmm. of, you know, because like you said, your secures are similar. And I did catch some of y'all's game. Of course, this is on one of my newly brand new unveiled boards, which is the Krakoa map, which is very exciting for me. It's very cool. I you did. I did stuff. We threw everything. The tree portals. We the threw. Rings. We threw the portals. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Krakoa. Please do not. <laughs> it's not. A don't send Black Tom want. Cassidy after us. Yeah. All the trees. Yeah, man. All the plants. It was. Yeah. It was a really, really good game. And like I said, I discovered how to take care of Ulik. And <laughs> the answer is roll fire. And honestly, guys, I think it was round three. I was just throwing Nebula at Ulik because that's what Nebula is there for. You just throw her at things. I love yeah, yeah. her. Yeah, I love her too. So I, I used her spender. He was, I think he was fully healthy on his injured side. Full and health, yeah. by the by the end of her activation with uh, one spender and one uh, gainer, 
Uluk was off the table. Crazy. She she exploded into like though. five or six hits. And she can reroll all her dice. And she, yeah, she rerolled into all of that, plus the winging it token. It was absolutely insane. Uh, it's how I won the game. I would ended up taking the game 19 to 18. What a game. Yeah, it was I came by you guys' awesome, table at dude. some point, and I saw Bill walk up and do a 12-hit attack on someone. I was rolling fire to this day. Which is good against kingpin criminals because once you flip them all, they can't yes, do their leadership was, anymore. Uh, I took I uh, I had kingpin on the right my right side of the table for most of the game, and uh, I ended up removing him from the table, which was okay. huge. Getting his leadership off the table was massive. That's when I had a massive point swing back in my favor. Paranoia, super fun. I need more time on it to get better at getting that extra point at the end during scoring. Okay. You're saying just like figuring that part out, making sure I was getting that. Yeah. Making sure I'm always getting it, making sure I'm leaving a care, leaving a character with an extract that can easily be gotten within two of, you know, type thing. So, yeah. And I, I assume did Josh score, did he score up early? Like criminals? Yes, do? he absolutely yeah. did. Yeah, of course, because uh, you just you haven't damaged his stuff yet. He was up very, very large early. I wasn't sure how I was going to bring it back, but I did somehow. Just grabbed as many extracts as possible, and you know my super, super effective, super smart guy Ulick plan. <laughs> very good. Yeah, Josh loves Ulick, and he's been rocking him all. Of he's his so good at him, man. Yeah, man. Josh Especially. is a fantastic player. Ulick is a nightmare to deal with on Infinity Formula because essentially, if you're playing Ulick right, which you sh- you should be, you're always on an Infinity Formula at the end of your turn. So right. next turn, you will get the Asgardian power, his trollish temper, and then one from the Infinity Formula, and you will have your hop online again and again and again and again every round. Yeah, it's like putting the power jam on him. Yeah, it's like you can hop between the Infinity Formulas all game and just dominate what you need to dominate, push people off, and it is extremely powerful. And highly recommend it, uh, trying him on Infinity Formula for that very reason, and just keep him moving, because I've learned that Ulix's biggest weakness is planting his feet, really, because mm. I've called him the aggro juggernaut. And I'm still calling him the aggro juggernaut. And and what I mean by that is like juggernaut's biggest goal in life is not planting his feet either. It's just always moving, always being mobile and tanky. Yeah. But he doesn't do a ton of damage. He just does like one punch that's pretty, pretty strong. Juggernaut. And you're does. hoping, yeah, you're you're essentially hoping for a spike on yeah, his punch. Yeah, it's a big punch. It's likely it'll do some damage, but it, you want that spot. And then you're just moving him around. Ulick's very similar where it's like Ulick hits harder innately, but he's a little less tanky than Jugs, of course, by a noticeable amount, If you, especially with the power thing on Jugs. But then it's also like he's so mobile. I mean, the, the, the troll hop is like slightly under range five. So if you put down a range five from Ulick and just go slightly under range five, that's how far he can so do his mobile. hop. Yeah. And I'm not talking the tactics card, which is actually range five. I'm talking the regular hop. And then if he has the tax card on top of that, but his goal is to be mobile because I've learned that anywhere he gets bogged down, I would not ever recommend taking him on an E map, for instance, right? Because he's just he's not doing he's not doing his strongest ability, which is mobility and killing things around the map when he needs to kill things. He's just sitting in the middle of the gamma and getting shot, right? It's really bad for him. So the more spread it is, a D shape, a B shape, he is awesome. But the tighter it gets, I've just learned, you know, unless you just get some early dazes and chaos and stuff, it, it's a really tight map. He's just not going to perform quite as well as maybe another five threat would better on those tight maps. So that's been my experience. But Chris, let's move on to round two. You had a 
insane game round two. We'll talk about your game first, of course, and we'll talk about my round two game. I'm still mad about this one. Not mad. I'm it's I say <laughs> wrong, mad wrong with term. a very large smile on my face. I'll put it that way. You learned something this one. That's well, you know it was another great game against another another buddy, you know? Well, yeah, of course. And I always say like every game of MCP you learn something, every win and every loss. But I think in every loss you learn more typically. Unless you're just like in that testing mode where all your wins, you're like, well, let's look at this constructively. Did I really spike a lot round two? I did. So like, let's actually look at what I did learn from this game. You know, this win um, and losses. I think you just learn more because the things, the, the points stick out in your mind, the, the decision tree and the path you took sticks out more in your mind than my experience. Mm-hmm. So round two, you were playing on 18 threat on the cosmic invasion, which is very cool because and it's we were on map. your and we were on your new um Fisk construction site map. Okay, very cool. So the construction yard in the desert, a lot of construction equipment, shipping some containers. Shady, some shady Las Vegas business dealings happening. That's exactly what it is. And the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy are here to figure it out. <laughs> shipping containers, you know, pallets of supplies, and of course all those big things like the excavators and dump trucks and stuff. Yeah, and they're so, all they've all got mud all over them. They look great. It's another one of Jesse's great boards. I appreciate that, Chris. I will preface with this board. This is a I had an interesting thought process when making this board i was like okay what if this is the board and i think this is how you create interesting tournaments i was like what if this is the board without a five because you know i love fives on this show uh, mm-hmm. a five on a board i know a lot of tournament tos don't even use fives i think that's a huge mistake because i've already talked about it before like you just nullify wall crawler in flight like you make the web warriors like unusable it's like so silly yeah but and they're having a moment right now they're having a moment but i also think like if you don't do a five i think it's interesting to go two or three fours more fours yeah that's what this board is this board is the fisk um, construction yard trailer which is a four a medium-sized excavator which is a four and of course like the oz cup oz corp truck and like a dump truck which are fours so it's like it's got some fours it's a little heavy on force and then everything else is balanced out according to that. And I, that makes it fun. And I, and I preface all that because <laughs> all these fours get thrown in this game. Cause I look over, you yeah, guys, we do. Um, so Dude. you guys end up playing the cosmic look, invasion, which is, I guess, Dennis's objective. Yes. 100% Dennis's objective. Uh, 18 spoiler threat. alert, spoiler alert. My, my opponent, opponent here is Dennis Harlan, the infamous, He's on this podcast, yeah, and his and his Malekith Cabal. He always makes these tournament report episodes because turns out he's always because he's an awesome player and he's always doing something. He's look, Dennis does it the way Dennis wants to do it, and he does it well. Okay, yeah, he locks into his play style and and he just goes for it. He is not listening to he is not building rosters from other tournaments that have won that other people have won with. He's doing it all himself. Dennis is a very interesting, awesome dude. We're very lucky. This this tournament was full of interesting, awesome dudes. Absolutely. Anyway, so I'm running five wide. I'm running the Guardian Core, Star Lord, Rocket, and Groot, of course. Yeah, of course. And I'm running Hulk. And I'm running Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill is awesome. I love him. Bill is awesome. I, I misspoke. I said Cosmic Invasion. You guys played Intrusions and Hammers, which very scary, Chris, because y'all are both attrition teams. <laughs> Those are well, two attrition objectives little foreshadowing there for you bud um what a game man this one Mm. this one came down to a big mistake i made in throwing his ulik away when i should have thrown his ulik into a juggernaut that's the final play of the game right 
Yeah. It wasn't the final play of the game. It was the final line of the game that ended up uh, letting Dennis take this game. I ended up losing uh, 13 to 8. I was the 13. Dennis tabled me. Wow. That's, it that's was, some killing. In that it was game. my first time to be tabled ever in this game. Mm. And it was, like I said, if uh, if I, I, I do I've believe. I've tabled either. Yeah. yeah. I do believe that if I would have not thrown the Ulick away. If I would have thrown him into Juggernaut, I believe that Juggernaut would have dazed, and I believe that that would have saved me a KO that turn, and I would have been able to recover. But, of course, we'll never know, because I didn't do it. Instead, Dennis (laughs) played an excellent game. Dennis was just four wide, which is still really scary. I mean, he's got bullseye score and stuff, but then he's got yeah, so it was Ulick and Mal. So I Ulic should have Mal thrown the Ulick. I yeah. should have thrown the Ulick into the Mal. So um, you know, I did end up taking Mal off the table, which was very cool. Like I said, almost won. This this game really, really came down to it. it he didn't have much left on the table uh, after mm. all my models had been removed. But I was also, I was also, you know, just we would have been able to score for that round. You know, I would have been able to yes. get, get to sixteen and win. So super interesting game, super fun, Groot took a lot of punishment in this one Mm, like he does dennis correctly saw that i had two tactics cards involving groot and of course groot is going to be up in a compromised position because he's one of the toughest characters in the game plus he has a heel you know you you just want him up in it right yeah but dennis uh focused him down did not allow me to get his self heal off did not allow me to play deadly duo did not allow me to play we are groot Excellently played by Dennis. He he played an excellent game, just like Josh played an excellent game. Like I said, I lost this one. I you guys going everything. into our last round. I really thought I was going to meet be meeting you on the final mm-hmm. table. Uh, me and Dennis were fighting to to play against I, you for the for the I tournament see. that day, and Dennis ended up taking it. Well deserved. Well played. Really fun game. Yeah, and between Hulk and bill you had thrown all those size fours i was looking over and it was just nuts it was like the fist construction yard is it's fairly heavy map and it was not it was just a barren wasteland by the end everything had been, it's it's also why we love mcp right no other game has that when we started this podcast jesse yeah you were telling anyone who would listen how good throws in marvel crisis protocol are <laughs> and yeah, over the course of the years you have you have absolutely just imprinted that into me and now Mm. i throw everything i can every turn i can yeah absolutely it's like it's like changing your miniatures brain right it's true attacks to throws and stuff well and it's like i think you've learned a lot too like because you've seen what i've done with throws where it's like throws to me are one of two things they're guaranteed damage bingo or they're a pseudo stagger right right Uh, to me there there i think there's one more area you have to think about Mm -hmm. them now uh these days you're absolutely correct, but I also want to throw the uh, the idea of preemptive throwing. You know, yeah, like, yeah, a, like a preemptive strike. Angel's good at that. Get that. Get that for that size four terrain off the board before it can be thrown at your face. Yeah, and of course, like if you're Brotherhood player, yep, great strategy because you can throw it and blow it up, and you still got a team benefit from it. But yeah, absolutely, just take stuff away from those hulks and stuff. Very yes. strong. So, Chris, I did not have an easy round two. What do you know? I No, you didn't. I played Moobs Jones. Um, we always talk about how strong Moobs is on this show. He's an, he's a very, very good player. His play has skyrocketed in the recent year, honestly. like We talked about Moobs being so strong early on in the show, right? One of our best local players. and Still there. 
it's it's higher. It's it's like because he's been working on his competitive play and taking his list and stuff. And of course, he's been working on his technical play. That's right. He is tweaking so little technically dials. sound. It's nuts. That's how you get really good. That's how you get yes, the wins on your truth. belt, right? So. He, of course, was playing Trap House Spider Foes, which, of course, is Spider Foes with Cassandra Nova. So we end up playing on the Highlands map. Of course, it's a hilly. We got these like pagan sacrificial rocks and we got these like Highland hills and stuff and trees. We played on that map. And on this, unfortunately, I lost priority. But once again, with this list, I'm not sweating that like I would an X-Men. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just like, you know what? You pick your poison. I know how to play both of my stuff. So Moobs picked my secures, which makes a lot of sense. It's a D shape. Spider foes are pretty darn good on that. Yes, sir. And then his extracts, but spider foes are awesome at their extracts. They are really an extract team at heart. And if they can get a wide secure on top of that, they are cooking with gas. So we pulled my spider portals and then we pulled spider infected. It was a spider Spider. people. Yeah. Um, Immediately, I'm very worried because. Spider foes pulling spider infected, it's kind of their dream, right? Because they can just get around, pick up the spider infected, collect them. They're not affected by the mobility as much when you get pulled by the spider people because they're all medium based movers, right? So they really love this objective. Um, the pay to flip, it's my weakest objective out of all these for me by far. But once again, I wanted to keep that D shape. In order to keep the D shape, I'd had to bring my third D, which is a pay to flip. And I'm fine with it because you'll see what I do in this game. So the list end up being, we end up playing on 18 threat. And the list ends up, my list ends up being Red Skull, Hydra with Mal, Bucky, and Zemo. Pretty lean and mean, four wide mm-hmm. at 18 threat. But I wanted to maintain priority if I could get it at some point. Unfortunately, he has priorities. We're already off to a rocky start because as long as he like, he'll just keep it right because he's five wide and he'll go first. I'm four wide and we'll just be he'll keep the priority. But if I do some certain things, I can get priority round two onward and I can then kind of push on the attrition. He ends up playing five wide, like I mentioned, Goblin, Lizard, Doc Ock, Rhino and Bill. This is a very scary list. He's got two beefy characters, and then he's got Goblin and Auk, which of course means we're playing a five-wide objective. He's going to play well-laid plans. It's going to be nuts. Um, You do it every time on the five-wide ones because it can just win you the game. And I choose Hydra leadership on this because something I've been liking with the Hydra leadership, which is just gain additional power in the power phase if you're playing the game, if you're holding an extractor sitting on a secure, I can put Mal directly on the middle objective on the back D. He's touching the back D already. Round one, he gets that power, top of round one. So he's got his charge online round one. That's so wild, dude. Without advanced R&D. It's, it's pretty that's cool. A, that's, a, that's a pretty nice little, uh, little game break there. Yeah, and once again, it's not really for the killing power. It's for me... The movement. Flying somewhere, charging somewhere, and getting to a side point, right? And that's the goal. Uh, I love it. I end up putting Red Skull on my left flank. I end up putting kind of Bucky in the middle, Mal in the middle, Zemo kind of in the middle. And this game goes interesting directions, a lot of different ways. Basically, we both have some unlucky pay to flips where we just don't flip them or, or where they place us, you know, which is the nature of spider portals. Yeah. Something I do this game, I thought for sure he would get, he would, um, pick up basically he ends up like taking the side points right with his characters and of course the back point but something that does have this game at the very beginning which was insane he of course uses the trap on one of my back spider people of right? course 
I end up eating it with Mal because I was like, you know, the last time Moves and I played, he rolled like a five damage <laughs> trap. I was like, I need to like, yeah. I've <laughs> like, lost the next 23 to those traps before. I'm also very nervous every time I trigger him with with like a three threat or a four threat. Yeah, I did it with Widow in our last game and she mm-hmm. just didn't go round one. Yeah. Right. So it's like 23 is a really good one to eat it because she can heal it back, which is she can great. unless they unless just they, uh, really take high. her off the yeah yeah unless they daze her. So I was like, I got to eat this with Mal. Ate it with Mal. Took four damage. Just craziness. Also yep. got pushed back right, which is massive for Mal. So smart that I ate it with Mal. Real bad that I got pushed back. But basically, the way this game goes is he picks up a spider with Rhino and kind of gets positioned in the middle of the map. And I see this as an opportunity to shoot Rhino a lot with Bucky with Zemo rerolls. Mm, and I just kind of nice. have Bucky and Zemo in the middle and I just shoot Rhino and I end up doing a ton of damage to Rhino and dazing him at the top of round two. And this kind of dictates the flow of the game because Goblin's on a side on my right side, just winning that spider port. I'm just going to let that happen. I'm not going to go fight the Goblin. And I'm pushing up. I'm on the left side with Red Skull and Mal. Mal kind of repivots back after taking that huge, like Mal just didn't do anything for like a turn and a half and that's fine. But Taking off Rhino early is good because I end up setting myself in a position to take Rhino off the table round three. And when I take Rhino off the table round three, it's like... That's huge. His mobility is gone. So much mobility gone. So much tankiness gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, not to mention, look... With a reroll. There's something I'm starting to realize, Jesse. Uh-huh. When you got Rhino and you've got Hulk and we've got Jugs, oh, these that's are... True big bases that play a little bit of an interesting positional game on the secures Mm. you we are living in a world where it is possible to just keep people from being being within one with your giant giant character bases so just something to start thinking about folks try to block up spots with terrain and stuff for sure uh it was a weird game because i was playing a lot of pressure with red skull but he wasn't really killing people like he normally does but he was pushing like Mm, lizard that's what you need lizard all you really need so that was fine bill was an absolute menace in this game he did a lot um this game gets crazy at one point i'm on the side spider infected portal i black bifrost to the his back one close to his deployment right Mm. i go through it with Mal, and now we're playing this game of people like Zemo, Bill, Mal, just using the Bifrost all the time and just doing what they need to do for both right. of our teams. Like I brought Bifrost because it's a D map and it was more just to give me mobility. I don't know if playing Bifrost was the right play this game, but it was just kind of like my goals. I was going to play it either way. I love games like that. I'm going to see if this is going to work. Yeah. But I would not recommend giving Bill a Bifrost portal. <laughs> fair enough his only bill's only weakness his only weakness genuinely is action economy everything else he has in spades so if you give him action economy if you let him get between two major secures on the map and double tap and stuff like that and he's getting his throws off you know you're hurting so what was interesting about this game is i never engaged goblin like goblin was kind of the other side and i let him score that stuff when i play moves in his spider foes i also just I just don't touch Goblin unless I'm throwing him away. Yeah. No, it's just don't put damage. Just don't put damage on him at all. You've either got to delete him or you've got to ignore him. There's really no good middle ground. You can't let that. You can't let that glider ram get online. Moves had some great plays. Um, 
he had an amazing well-laid plan that made me drop a ton of Dude, stuff. Dude, he's so good at that. I can't play that that card that well. Like, he yeah, you got to wait so to the right it. moment. Yeah, you, I know. It's like got to be the right. Uh, his lizard was just blocking everything and just staying around, which was great. And I don't know, MVP Bucky and Zemo, not actually sure. Mal and Red Skull. Mal and Red Skull were doing the thing I was talking about, where it's like they were just putting pressure constantly. Look at us! Look at us! We're going to kill your models. And even though when they whiffed attacks. It was fine because they're still in your face. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Bucky and Zemo are scoring spider infected and they're killing Rhino from a distance and stuff, right? They're presenting a problem you have to deal with while your other characters uh, go about their business. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bucky was insane this game because obviously he built a ton of power early on. So he could yep. start hydro tacticsing all over. He can leapfrog off all of his teammates and kind of mini storm hops, right? And get where he needed to be every time, which obviously is very helpful because he's always either attacking or flipping objectives when he needs to. So it ended up being a really good game. Um, I was really scared to play Spider-Foes on a D-shape with Spider-Infected, but my gut of saying dominate a side and not split was the right decision. Like yeah, Zemo was over on that side point with Goblin. It's just like, okay, maybe I don't, he, maybe he doesn't score it. Maybe we don't, either one of us don't score. That's my best outcome. But you're losing, yeah, and you're losing all those strategic re-rolls. genius re-rolls. Yeah, it's, too, it's just it's not worth it. Zemo's nuts, man. Um, I'm finally playing with him in this game yeah. after three and a half years. It's just a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, I've talked about it on the podcast recently. Dude, when in doubt, just throw him, just throw him in, you know? Fast, consistent. What else more, what else more could you ask for, you know? So, He's awesome. Um, I could have played Mystique this game, but I was like, no, this is a Zemo game because I want those, I want the re-rolls and I want some things like that. So I ended up taking this game. Oh, and I will say there was a round where I thought I had it in the bag. Moves has a high roll on Doc Ock where he counts those wilds, you know? Does a bunch of damage. Ends up dazing <laughs> a character, dropping a spider, yeah, flipping a portal. Yeah. Now it's now we go one more round, right? And it's like, dude, whoa, that's it's really Doc it's, Ock, man. In the moment, it's kind of wind out of your sails when when you're the one that that's you're happening to, to. But that's what's so great about this game is those dramatic moments like that. Of, cinematic, yeah, it's super cinematic and and. Atomic Mass has done a great job of building a game that gives us those kind of moments. And yep, absolutely. I love it. I love this game. It's super. It's so fun. No, I I just think remember like our fights in this game and like how they went, our little skirmishes. Because that's another thing about the D map is like the battles that happen are like split. You know, so that's yeah. very cool. So I ended up taking this game seventeen to thirteen because we do go that one more round. We score out. Um, Goblin ended up coming in at the very end and does some stuff, but at that point it was too late. Yeah, what a great game. Spider Portals and Spider People is a really scary, weird one because people are getting pulled all over the place all the time, right? Spider Portals are pushing you all over the place and Spider People are pulling you all over the place. But Chris, we're going to move on to round three. I am two and oh, and you are one and one. Yeah. What was round three looking like for you? Jesse, I was reeling from my loss against Dennis. Being that high up on points and being tabled yeah and and just knowing that i chose the wrong line and made a couple of simple mistakes that i I recognized as soon as i got done doing them you know and it just it just eats at you so i was going up against another good player john local player went to went to warfare weekend uh he plays was top cut in the warmer hordes tournament i do believe yeah so a very very good experienced tabletop player uh he was playing uh magneto brotherhood so he was playing Magneto. You sit across from Magneto, and it looks like you guys pulled Senators and Infinity Formula. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and the threat ends up being 19. So what were the teams at 19? Magneto, Scarlet Witch, Juggernaut, and Zemo. Okay. Scary. Yeah, it was. It was. Four wide. 
Yeah. And uh, look, John, John took it to me here. Um, Your list though. My list. I left incorrectly left Groot at home for this one. Okay. Uh, I went with star Lord rocket agent venom, beta Ray bill and the Hulk. There's Hulk again. Yep. <clears throat> oh, I played him all day and he Infinity was awesome. Formula. I like this because I like infinity agent formula venom, for my list. Power. I like, I like infinity formula for my play style. Okay. What happened here is John sent Juggernaut down my right flank. So I wanted to get really, really cute, mm-hmm. move over, throw him away, and then Gamma Leak back towards, this is round two, and then Gamma Leak back towards Magneto and deal with him. But it didn't happen. I took the wrong line. Mm. John made some good plays, and Magneto just shredded me the entire game. I took oh, yeah. I took a wrong early line and John played it perfectly and punished me. And Scarlet Witch both. Yes. That's a lot of damage. Yes. Better Bill just couldn't get it going. My dice started to peter out. And like I said, my dice are not why I lost this game. I made mm. I made a very poor decision in rounds one and two that lost me this game. And full credit to John. He punished me for that decision and he punished me properly. And he played very, very well. He ended up taking this one 21 to 12. Earlier in the cast, you were alluding to Senators is how you mm-hmm. beat Chris. And Chris and I have played Senators a couple times now. So I assume that's part of this. I just but, can't figure him out. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, Hulk's really good at it because he can grab one and then back up, right? With it, like potentially. Um, but were the Senators interesting in this one? I, I'm actually kind of shocked John went mags with the six extracts on the board and didn't go the Mystique because we know Mystique's mm-hmm. so good in the Senators because, because of that first class leadership, because of she can go wider. I think he had a strategy for the day of, I'm going to play mags leadership and then learn point. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he's typically a Mystique player. Yeah. And he played it well, man. Okay. Uh, he just that Magneto and Scarlet Witch uh, left flank. I could not do anything with. Okay. I just couldn't get through it. And then he had more senators. He had slightly. more senators, and I mean, with Juggernaut throwing such a big monkey wrench into my plan. Okay, you know he's got five threat dealing with I think nine on the right mm. side, holding up nine threat, and it's just sounds like jugs. The math yeah. was just very very wrong for me. I played right into his hands, and he played it right. Mm. So yeah, John M's taking this game 21 to 12. So it sounds like he just picked up all the senators last round, scored yeah. out in a major way. Yeah. Yeah. Mags though, man. I mean, if he gets rolling, he's great. If he doesn't, he's not. He he's one of those, he's a very fair six threat, you know? <laughs> and I like that. I mean, he's just very like he Nothing is a little wrong with fair him. MCP. Yeah. I don't know. I it's cool to see Witch out because Agreed. She's been gone for some time and for her to do work. And that was a good play. I mean, I think she's actually pretty good into some of the stuff you're bringing guardians because you're, you're kind of wanting to see things that are weak to energy and you're, you're not mystic attacks. Aren't necessarily the best into you. Like that's kind of scary. Um, Someone like Agent Venom does not like Mystic attacks at all, so uh, makes perfect sense. Did did anything happen of note in this game with uh, Bill or Agent Venom? No, like I said, I that this game as far as learning goes, okay, wasn't very good because of just the the turn big zero stuff turn one and zero uh, mistakes. Mm. Just throw such a big monkey wrench into the to everything, and I got I, I just got down so quickly so early okay you know we this was a three-round game wow so, or, or four-round game or something so it's not like yeah yeah i got you yeah the senator's on the table that's a lot of points every round on the table exactly and i uh 
I made my mistake and I learned my lesson. Don't get too cute. <laughs> okay. Chris's advice for the day. Very good. So I go to the final table. Of course, Dennis at this point is 2-0. I'm 2-0. A little fun backstory on this. Dennis and I had already played this week in the Fury's Finest Secret War League. Out of 40 players, we got paired against each other. That's, that's how it goes. That's fantastic. That, uh, that is the random dice roll of things. Uh, and um, we played in the league. We played a... I played my Hydra into his Malkaball. I ended up taking that game. It was a very tough one. I played very defensively in that game and it won me the game. We play again at this tournament <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're both playing similar lists again. And I was like, well, I really want to win priority because I did not win priority against Dennis this week. And when you're playing these tall lists, priority is actually very helpful because when you're both playing tall, that whole situation can happen where it's like, oh, he's going to have priority all game and I'm going to be in trouble, you know, if I don't do things or I win the role or do certain things throughout the game. Unfortunately, he got priority and he looks at my objective. He's like, I don't like any of these. I don't like any of these securities, these extracts because he's Dennis is more of an attrition player. And of course, I'm more an objective player. And so he ends up taking my secures even though he doesn't like the d shapes as much he's like i'm he's like i'm just hoping to pull that in that um that last one and we pull it and we end up playing alien ship and extremis i believe and alien ship is his and obviously he's slowing the game down we end up playing uh 17 threat i believe and it's weird because i was like okay don't think i'm gonna win the attrition off i mean i could we can play that game but you know i don't like to chris knows i don't like to see who rolls better dice i like to see who can win the game better so i was like this is a good time for me to go mystique kind of go wide and just keep the score up every round and survive you know, and rotate and rotate and rotate. So his list ends up being Mal, leadership, Ulick, Hood, and Bullseye. I mean, all top tier models, all scary, aggressive stuff. My list ends up being Mystique, leadership, Mystique, Jugs, Toad, Bob, and Red Skull. And my thought with Red Skull was, I don't necessarily think Red Skull was the right play here. I think probably making Bob and Red Skull a four and a three is actually better than what I did. But my thoughts were, you know, I love Red Skull. I'm trying stuff out. Let's see how he performs in the Mystique leadership. Maybe Red Skull can remove someone like Hood early. And I'm just slightly up on that attrition, but then I'm still winning the game through the objectives, rotating with Mystique leadership. That seems good. Red Skull is the question, and then I'm still winning the game without him, you know? Well, Red Skull ends up not doing much of anything in this game, so a uh, little bit of dice luck, but also, like, kind of confirm my thoughts, like, oh, should have this been, like, yeah, should have this been, like, Dynamo and, and Bucky, and just, like, two guns, you know, or something. Yeah. So instead of instead of Red Skull and Bob, uh, Bob actually ends up performing well in this game, so it kind of evens out. But round one, Red Skull does his walk and his punch into Hood and does a lot of damage to Hood. <laughs> and then I have the grunts over there too. I ended up picking up more alien ships than him. I do some cool stuff where I do Juggernaut and I grab the middle alien ship with Mystique leadership and then I slide back, you know, like just com- go full Gross. X-Men, right, on him yeah. kind of. And then I pick up the my safe alien ship. He picks up his alien ship, so I'm up on extract. So as long as I match on the secures, I'll be okay. I end up matching on the secures. I am scoring really high round one um, over him. I'm scoring like five and he scores um, two or three. And so <laughs> top of round two, Hood just decides oh, keep in mind I, I, I keep red skull in his mystic defense because i like the immune to collisions more than i like the energy defense it's just typically how i play him sure immune to throws is a lot better <laughs> than yeah rolling five energy dice and praying they defend because unless you're time, unless you're nebula right <laughs> so hood randomly just one shots red skull at the that top happens. Round two. these things can happen it's crazy 
Red Skull has seven health and he's rolling five mystic. That's pretty. Dice. Yeah, that's. I'm not really sure how this happened, but it did happen. We saw the dice. You know, I blanked out and he critted like crazy. And Red Skull is gone top of round two because once again, Dennis has priority, right? Because I went wider. That was an active decision by me. And I should have leaned more into the wider, like I said, and got a little bit more beef. This is scary because Red Skull's not going this round. I'm down five threat. And I'll just get pretense out of the way. Top of round three, he had priority again. One shot at Red Skull with Mal. Whew. So guess what Red Skull did this game, Chris? He Nothing. walked he walked up and shot Hood one time hard, which was nice. Shot Hood one time with his gauntlets hard and then died. What is got what did his grunts do all game? Well well, Red Skull's day is top of two, right? So the grunts, it's like they have an activated token on them. Right. right? And then round three, they don't do anything. So the grunts actually did nothing in the game either. So absolutely strong play on Dennis's part. Um the hood spike basically kept the game going a lot longer because I was still rotating and scoring a little bit more. And I probably could have done sure. that all game easier if Red Skull was around longer because he could like keep their focus and punch mm-hmm. more. But since Red Skull's gone now, he can rotate and start taking out my other characters. <laughs> and it gets scary because you've got Ulick with all this mobility. You've got Mal with all this mobility. And for some reason, Mystique's on a flank with Bullseye and can't hurt him. Ooh, so now we're in the situation brutal. where it's like, yeah, where it's like, okay, this is going to be one of those weird games. And I end up still scoring more every round for a while. And I do cool stuff with Toad where I hop away behind mm-hmm. behind a building and stuff. And I come back in. I try to make sure he doesn't score the secure stuff like that. Uh, simple Toad stuff. And Toad yeah. tied him up. The game ends up coming down to, a, once again, I have a round where I can win it. I can clean it up. I can I can take it. I just got to score one point. Dennis ends up killing, uh, one-shotting someone with Ulick and they drop oh, no. the alien ship, you know, and we go to another round. I was like, okay, okay. So we're going to another round. We got to see what we can do. At this point, I just have Juggernaut, Mystique, and Bob left. And I finally kill Hood, which is great. And now I'm just dealing with Ulick and, and just letting Mal attack. And I run away. I'd never attacked Mal this game. How could I? Mystique leadership, right? Yeah. Like, how yeah, yeah. I ever? And how, how could I ever hurt Ulick either, right? So my goal was to kill every other piece of Mal and Ulick if I could, and then just keep rotating. And then surviving um mystique ended up surviving an attack with her martial artist because that's what she does and that probably is, that kind of secures the game because now juggernaut's got a extract and he can just slide across the map to yeah. secure and win the game probably dennis and i's closest score we've ever had our games are typically a little bit more explosive uh, either in score or in attrition right yeah so our final score sure. is 16 to 13 because once again we went to that extra round and he's like he's like he's like if i can table you this round some classic it, mcp here yeah crazy right crazy game so i ended up going 3-0 for the day taking the tournament and it was weird because it's like mystique was definitely the play there 100 like i should not i can try to fight him with mal and hydra red skull and just see how it goes but clearly the rotation worked because i was just running all around the map and making him chase me and like that's yeah. that's an attrition player's nightmare because it's like obviously they're not getting double attacks right now ulik almost brought the entire game back because with his hop he was still double tapping you know so it's a miracle i survived ulik's onslaught but i also never gave him power so that kind of helped balance it out and toad man toad mvp like he toad's very good like he he took a lot of damage this game and he definitely died but he slowed down higher threat models scoring until he died and even though i didn't have five threat round two onward i was playing 12 threat game to, against his 17 threat round two the rest of the game because <laughs> red skull just didn't i mean it like it was just a crazy in, in a weird man. way red skull hurt me because he walked up and gave hood power round one right exactly it almost is like a red skull still in deployment i'm just in a better spot it's crazy right but 
it does happen. And it was an experiment. I don't think I would play necessarily Red Skull again in the future unless it was different threat levels with Mystique. But man, that Mystique leadership, like with the alien cores and stuff, so good. Like just picking them up mm-hmm. uh, because they were dropped a lot this game and stuff. And the and the the first class leadership helped. And I also put the Mystique token down a couple times and made him go deal with that too. I love the Mystique token. Just like I love... I, it's fun. Okay, look. Back when I was doing the Mystique Brotherhood, yes. before it was good, right. we were doing the. Before we it was were cool. doing, yeah. Well, and it wasn't, they didn't have all the pieces they have now either, um, or the crises they have now. Mm. But it's more of the we crisis were, for sure. Yeah. We the were doing the, we were doing the Jonathan, the Jonathan, the amazing, uh, yeah. the, the we honey were. badger card and Jonathan the unstoppable and yeah. And Mystique's leadership, two tokens, two tokens on back points. And my whole team that. just up in people's faces. It was fun. We talked about that a lot in after dark. It's good stuff. No, definitely. Mystique leadership has always been great. It's just them getting senators like now is yeah. like they've got pressure Massive, they didn't dude. have before. They've Yeah, well, yeah, they've got that extra activation that doesn't have to sit on a secure that can go grab a senator or go try to oh, steal absolutely. one from you. Like, it's huge. And they're so intuitive for me, Chris, because I mean, I'm essentially just playing them like I play X-Men, you know? Yeah, and they play so more- similar. They're a more objective-based X-Men. I mean, like in the sense of like X-Men can pivot to damage and... yes. But like Mystique can't really pivot to damage. It's just more like score out, don't die, rotate, you know, and score out. Um, Very Web Warriors centric. So that ends up being our... I was thinking about the Web Warriors the entire time you were talking about this round three matchup with Dennis. It was a crazy one. And that's kind of how I have to play against Dennis because he's such a good player and he's such a strong attrition player. And it's like, even in our league game, the same very week, I was playing Red Skull and Mal in my list and I played super defensive. Like, because I know... How he plays, you know Dennis. yeah, and I know he's going to double tap and stuff, and I can't give him double taps. <laughs> so, because especially when dice are going to come online with someone like Mal, so mm-hmm. a very cool game. Uh, we played on the Krakoa map, and you know, being really cool because um, the way the terrain interplayed with the objectives and stuff. But that ends up being the end of a tournament, Chris. So I do go three and zero and take the tournament. I'm looking forward to the next one because hopefully I don't get the buy first of all, and second of all, like just learning new stuff. These tournaments mm-hmm. are the best place to try a new list that you're trying to learn because it's a competitive format that's not a qualifier you know exactly it's yeah other people are bringing their competitive lists yeah but if you go one and two you didn't haven't lost anything you've had a great day of mcp yeah um if you go oh and three you've you've had a, a good day of mcp and you've hopefully learned a lot and talked to people and figured out what you Mm. can do better next time. But yeah, you're not really losing anything aside, like going to say, you know, when we go to Lone Star open this, this year, yeah, Yeah. we're going to be bringing, we're going to be bringing the heat. Yeah. What we've been working on. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's what we've been working towards, of course. But uh, these local tournaments are just, they're a mix between a round robin fun day with friends yeah, yeah. and a little bit of like competitive, you know, we're all trying to win. So we're bringing yeah, pretty good lists. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's, like, it's a good, it's just a great mix. Like you were saying, it's a wonderful mix of mm. meeting in between the competitive and casual. And if you've got a good local scene and a good, good game store, hopefully you do. It's just not much better. Oh, absolutely. And like full disclosure, like our store is like, like half the people here were running their main list. Like Dennis playing yes. now, like John playing Brotherhood, Josh playing Criminals, right? Like they're, those are all mains for those players. And then on top of that, it's like our store has fully adopted the qualifier clock format. Yes, which is huge. Yeah, it's huge for us. It's huge for time, uh, respecting people's time. And also it's huge for more competitive games because you can't run out that time or you can't, 
you can't like take your opponent's time from them. They always have that 45 minutes and that also makes it more competitive and more fun simultaneous. So it's also like now every time we're playing at these, like that element is also there, which is really nice. Well, for me doing it with no chess clocks was not going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to sacrifice a day of a day of making money to go play two rounds in five or six hours. Not, yeah, my yeah. idea of a good time. Absolutely. These yeah. chess clocks have been an absolute game changer as far as getting games in, uh, as far as playing timely. It's it's it, amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, in our early 20s, it didn't matter if we played a 10-hour game of Warhammer gotcha. or Infinity or whatever, but there are yeah. families, there are families involved <laughs> now, there are jobs involved. We are Both, we have yeah. we 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 are all grown up men and we have lives so good stuff yeah uh, yeah it's it's hard to do that all day every other week like we used to uh, mm. like we want to sometimes but we want to yeah and the chess clocks are just kind of that dealing with that cold harsh reality you know i know that yeah i know that playing on chess clocks can intimidate a lot of folks and they intimidated me for a very long time mm. until i played my first game on one and then it was like oh no big deal yeah it's a perception. And also like if you're really running out of time on chess clock, it's it's information for you to know something you need to work on in the game, you know, because it's like, oh, I'm my opponent's like got 30 minutes left and I've got 10 minutes left. Like something is vastly weird here, you know. Now, and, there are differences to that rule. There are there are squads like shield and and yeah, especially I mean, if you're going like wide Sam turns, just take longer. The more activations you have, yeah. the more the more you're doing, the more dice you're rolling. So that's not a hard and fast rule, but it is a very, very good guideline of yes. something to remember. If you're running out of time and if you're on like two, like Jesse said, if you're at one, two minutes left at the end of this game and your opponent's sitting on 15, 20, maybe, maybe evaluate your decision-making process, you know? Yeah. And like the Sam lists and the white lists and stuff like that, like, yeah, that definitely eats more of your time hundred percent, but it's also like, you should not have as much decision tree paralysis analysis paralysis with those lists, you know, like, like I get, I get like, it should even out at the end of the day where it's like, okay, I charge with Sam, I throw a shield, I move, I'm, turns over. Right. I completely understand the three or four wide lists or it's like, okay, I do need to actually take a little more time on my, my magneto turn because Great he's point. sixth threat. So there's like a balance. And obviously if you're taking like, if you're doing all that crazy analysis paralysis and stuff on a wide list, maybe wide lists aren't for you. Let's just, let's just start there. Mm. Cause I mean, they, it will eat your clock at a major event. We are into some cold, harsh truths today. Yeah. It's uh, all it's said tough. with love listener. All said with love. Well, keep in mind too, like when you're the attacker, all of your opponent's stuff that they do, their defense rise rolls, all that stuff that's on your clock. So it's like just, factor mm-hmm. that in too you know so it's like there's elements that are kind of partially out of your, your control so you don't want to take too much time anyways and um i'm sure we'll talk more about chess clocks in the future but i think they've just been a massive boon for the game they have been for our play for our play group especially oh, the massive. amount of games we've been able to play based on using them since local stuff been exponentially gone up oh it's like doubled right and that's when you start playing them and you realize that um we've been playing on for a long time now but it's like you're like oh my gosh i got more games in i got more activations in my characters that's why i'm here i'm here i'm here to have fun and get do more stuff in the game not here to like, mastermind the perfect like triple chess move that's when it like opens up for you the matrix opens up and you're like oh this is these are great tool and there's just a tool to keep things um look uh, all i know is when we started, when I started going to local nights, I was lucky to get a full game in. Now I get three. 
Yeah. Game that's, changer, right? That's it's huge. So it's and that's the goal, right? Where it's like I only play every two weeks, like really. And um it's been less than that in the past. And so it's like yeah, I've got some goals for this year, as you know, Chris, and yep. as listeners know, and um, I want to get three games in. If I'm learning a new team, like if my first time playing in humans, I really want to get those three games in, right? I really want to see what they're like, right? So tournaments like this, where I have a clock like this, perfect opportunity to do that. Like I said, a competitive format to try something new, learn something, push yourself, and also fill those holes in your armor. Like I said, like, absolutely. Dude. I'm going to play in humans this year to learn them. They're never going to be a staple team for me. That would be my prediction now because they're not the part of Marvel. I gravitate towards to thematically and fun wise, but I will know how they play and I get better as a player for that. So it's very fun. And we're going to do more of these in the future. This one was like, hopefully next one, like we're going to have some new lists <laughs> and we're going to like talk about more stuff. You know, I will, we'll I will more. be, I think my guardian's time is about over, unfortunately. Okay. So, I will be moving on. Not sure to exactly what. Check out After Dark. Check out After Dark. <laughs> but I think Psylocke might be in whatever list it is. Yeah, I mean, just trying. Likely, out. likely, I will do a tournament with X Force and sure, and then um, reevaluate how that tournament felt, how that how those games gotcha. felt. See if I feel right like here. I can see if I feel confident enough in piloting them in in more competitive arenas. Not sure that I will, given their state. But we'll see. You never know. I'm just going to keep going down my list of bad guys, learning, learning, mm, you know, got to get that Krakoa mags on the table at some point that I have. You I know, know. I'm suit. so terrified just- of <laughs> playing your Magneto Brotherhood. I'm I'm not good into Magneto. I'm not good into Magneto anyway. Oh, uh, okay. It's okay. just, it, he's just a character I've always had trouble with beating. So gotcha. uh, playing you playing Magneto, a player I have a lot of trouble beating uh, on a character I have trouble beating. And I'm sure you'll take Senators for that Mystique Flex. It's just too fun too. like I Senators become one of my favorite objectives because it is that like pure objective. Yeah. Keep away. Style. I just I just need to play a ton of games on Senators till they make sure. sense. And that's. And that's what I'll do. And I'm excited about Magneto. He might not be next on the line, but he's obviously on the sure. line somewhere. And I'm, I'm super excited about him because um, he is one of those villains in Marvel that I actually think is justified. He's not a villain. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not. He's a guy that's done some bad things. For, but he's not a villain. For, for a good cause in his, you know, in his mm, mind. In his know? mind. Yeah, of course. As in like creating the world. Uh, but I mean, MODOK's not a villain by that standard either. Just. Well. I know I'm, I'm picking some nits here. Yeah. That's some nits. Cause <laughs> the social rights and freedom of all mutants to be treated the same autonomy as humans. It's a little is, different, is different from different a, than aim getting a, a guide designed only for killing. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I know you're right, but, but I'm saying he thinks yeah. he's doing right because a world ruled by MODOK in MODOK's mind is a perfect world. Sure. But that's not, that's not what Magneto is. Magneto doesn't want to rule the I'm world. I'm definitely stretching this argument, yes. <laughs> Magneto is, you know, Scott Summers is one degree off from Magneto. Magneto's a better leader and a better human than Scott Summers. Screw Scott Summers. Hot takes. Here it is. Sorry, scary Scott fans. I've never liked him. It's no surprise. Neither one of us do. And we've made that clear on the podcast. But I have said many times, I've said it many times recently, even with some patrons who I know love Scott. So shout out to you guys. Scott is one of the most crucial pieces in the entire X-Men storyline. Without him, it would fall apart. Absolutely. He's he's actually wonderful. He's a wonderful storytelling device. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very complex character. Just does not deal with you and I's. 
personality. No, I just in universe disagree with uh, his thought process. I'm more with Logan's thought process. And that's why I say that. I actually Same. love Cyclops in X-Men comics. I just disagree with him. He's an excellent character and I wouldn't have it any other way. So please Those understand when I love. say when I say things like screw Cyclops, it's because I'm I'm in I'm in the world when I say things <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? This is probably an unfair comparison, but I've heard you say the same thing, like screw Palpatine. And it's like, obviously oh, yeah, for sure. Palpatine, like he is like this incredibly written character that makes all right. star Wars go. There's, right? there's no, yeah, there's no, no star Wars nine movies without him. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, I definitely understand that from a storytelling perspective, from mm. a creative perspective, from a this movie making television <laughs> perspectives, all of it. But come on, man. If you're not having fun disliking the bad guy, then what are you doing? Mm, good stuff. Very good stuff. Also, Scott's cool. Like his superpower is actually really cool. Yes. We get and the summers, the whole too. summer's mythos is interesting. And uh, I mean, I love Havoc, so I'm a weirdo. There you go. <laughs> that is that is weird. <laughs> I'm I'm the weird one here, guys. It's okay. Bedrock of the X Men and Mutant storyline, of course, is the Summers Mythos, without a doubt. So, well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this tournament episode, Chris. I think we got to go to our outro. Furious Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to Patreon.com/slash Furious Finest. Find us online, find us on Twitter at Furious Finest Cast and everywhere else. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Furious Finest. Email us at FuriousFinest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations, and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps. You guys are slowly creeping that number up. We notice you. Let's it means go. a lot. We will always shout it out because you guys are doing it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. Like Jesse said, keep the momentum going. Rate, review, subscribe. Force your friends to listen while they're asleep. Mm. Steal your parents' phones. <laughs> Subscribe your parents to uh, MCP content. That's great. Yeah. Please lift do. The, lift force the community to, up as a whole. Yeah. Force them to listen as a matter of fact. We're going to get your mom playing MCP. It's going to be great. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, of course, you can find Chris and I online. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter, Instagram, Longshanks, all those places at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E and E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. I do not know if I've tweeted in the last week. I do not remember. Continue this this X-Men uh, Magneto versus Scott Summers leadership discussion going there or something. Oh, leadership discussions? That's a different discussion because yeah. Scott's is like... Un- like oh, no, 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 ad- no. Leadership styles, not, Sto- not Okay, MCP. I was going to say yeah. Scott's leadership in MCP is the absolute worst in the game so it, it might be it might be it's a bummer definitely one of the most fun oh you can do some funky weird stuff for sure yeah gambit's best team until aim modox out oh, but can't wait for that god very cool fun episode we'll return to this very soon we hope you guys enjoyed and got some insight out of this and just some fun you know episodes like this, yeah episodes like this also live to serve as not only a resource like our normal show but also a uh a fun thing for you to listen to you while you're walking the dog or mowing the lawn or riding the train. Shout out to Mario. And <laughs> What's that's up, what dude? it is. You know, this is just sometimes we keep it lighter and uh, it's less like hard facts. And this is just more like uh, our perceptions of the day, what we learned, what we maybe can improve on. And we will return to this very soon. But until next time, thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 